from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper. You are live from the path. And you're listening to Live from the Path, Cody from the Pathway Studios here in Johnston Proper. Ben, I appreciate how hard you try to start this show. It coats the whole stomach. And then Mike comes in with some ridiculous hot take about the Imodium commercials from 2002. It looks so comforting. I don't know how these advertising hey, people come up with this stuff. You know what's funny? I actually looked that up not this week because my wife goes, I wonder how a Pepto-Bismol even works. And I said, I do too because that diagram they give you at the commercial <laughs> is not sufficient to tell me what's happening. Yeah. Bismuth subsalicylate just shows up. And then everything is fine. Hey, but you know what, though? That's exactly how it described it yeah. <laughs> on the internet. There's like, it just coats it <laughs> so right. that your stomach acids don't break it down. Yeah, your stomach acids are, you yeah. pink coat. Wait a minute. Does that mean it, it doesn't dissolve the food into combustible or uh, a package? <laughs> combustible. And does it come out your the same way we did? I don't understand. It does combust. That's part of the problem. <laughs> no, here's what we need to do. We need to just figure out how we can make things of Mike explaining how major medications work. <laughs> it just like It just goes in there and it... It just makes it so that your food isn't combustible. It's combustible. <laughs> and, uh, your, it tur- uh, turns your stomach your, into a two-stroke. Your chicken teriyaki uh, on the way down, it didn't blow up. Teriyaki? <laughs> Is that like a Chinese sing-along? <laughs> yeah, that's how Mike would say it. Okay, hey, you're listening to Live from the Path. Here's what we've got going on the show this week. Uh, we're going to talk. There's, a, there's an archbishop who says uh, saying our Father in the Lord's Prayer is problematic. And saying so the words "Our Father." Yeah, okay. That's the beginning too. We didn't I was even get say, halfway he, in. He started on first, and he went, "Nah." Yeah, yeah. I don't like this. So, okay, so we're we're gonna talk a little bit about that. I have uh, I, I heard some there's some teaching that I took in over the weekend, and uh, I, it's it's a common thing. I want to tell you why why I've been here has a problem with the. Uh, if you have a sign at your church on the way out that says uh, you're now entering the battlefield, the mission I'm not field. Yeah, often often battlefield, battlefield, and I'm against it. Okay, I've seen that. Uh, there was a church in our hometown actually that had uh, had that. You're now entering the battlefield, and I said, I don't. Wow, I've never heard of that. I've heard like the mission field. Yeah, no, the battlefield, battlefield, battle. Yeah, and I don't think this is the example the guy gave, but this is the one I remember seeing at a church, and uh, I, I think there's a way you can fix that, but uh, otherwise I, j- I don't like it. Throw on the armor. Yeah. Uh, Buva had an interesting uh, situation happen. He was at a foreign church uh, over the weekend. What's, I was, the, what's the right way to say I, it? I was indeed at a foreign church. Yeah. Uh, I was at a church in a different city. Yeah, that's what I said. Fresh fire. How are you guys taking it? Yeah, that a sounds right. A foreign church. Hashtag foreign. He was at church with foreigners. Hashtags uh, are on the way out. Are think. they? What yeah. are they replacing it with? I don't know. They're trending down. Nobody's using them no more. They're, they're, they're trending up with, with a pound sign. Oh, I'm going to start doing hashtag, hashtag, and see what happens. Hey, <laughs> hey for more social media advice, uh, hit up the Life on the Path complaint line, uh, 515-517-0085. If you, here, actually, this would be kind of a fun exercise. If you want to pre-complain about the show, even before you've heard anything of it, I'm open to that. Call or text the Live from the Path complaint line, 515-517-0085, and uh, leave any complaint that you feel may happen, and we'll see how close you get to the uh, the rest of the show. I think this sounds like a good I idea. I got a couple. Is okay. it like Pete Rose wrong if I like bet on something that's going to go awry and then cause it to happen? There's no Hall of Fame for the show, so yeah, no, that's fine. Sweet. That's fine. 
okay, so let, let's hit up this first uh, this first article. Our Father and Lord's Prayer is problematic for some, says Archbishop of York Stephen Cottrell. This is from the Christian Post. Archbishop of York Stephen Cottrell has suggested that the word Father in the Lord's Prayer can be distressing for some individuals, particularly victims of abuse or those who've suffered under oppressive oh, patriarchy. Cottrell's comments have drawn the ire of some Christians who view his comments as a direct rebuke of Jesus Christ. So, before you go any further... Is there anything that you can uh, sympathize with this man about? Yes. No. Okay, tell me. Dan's no. Dan's a hard no. He's well, out. No, no on the sympathy. thought that the that the word father is uh, problematic for some people, for sure, yes. Could, yeah, can, can it be true that the, the language we use to refer to God in an earthly context causes some, causes some problems of grief to people based upon uh, the earthly expressions of those things? Yes. Uh, ridiculous. Dan says no. I mean, <laughs> you don't think, Dan, you don't think that, that the reference of someone talking about God as a father for people who have had abusive fathers gives them the wrong connotation of who God is. Well, that, I, I don't know. I've always heard that, always read that, and I always thought it was ridiculous. I didn't have a great father. I, I mean, I can give all kinds of terrible stories. Right. But it's like, yeah, he's different father. It feels whole and separate to you. You feel like you don't really have a hard time yeah, blending those things. Yeah, he didn't measure. He didn't measure to the... To, 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 the heavenly father. So, so why, why, why would I try to reduce the heavenly father down to some earthly father who's going to be imperfect no matter who he is? Do you think that it requires a certain level of knowing God to take that in in a healthy way? I think it's just ridiculous. I, I think, I mean, okay, I got in a car accident once. So every time I hear the word car, I'm going to cry. It's like, that's stupid. It's just stupid. Okay, Dan, I'm just an old generation guy, and I'm just like, just get over the freaking word. <laughs> Dan finds no sympathy in this at all. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I think now whether there is a okay, just to get to like a previous show topic, whether we um, whether we lack grit in this area, <laughs> like, um, I, I think it is. There is a discernment um, where it's a, like obviously there's a it's there's it's it's whole cloth different. Right. And so, like, it is it's very possible to me that our earthly expressions can unduly influence our perspective of who God is based upon yeah. the, where we share words. We're between, the filter wrong. Yes. We're, we're filtering up rather than down. Or I don't know if that's that makes sense. But, you know, yeah, I'm we're putting, putting God through my filter than trying to put God through his own filter and me trying to understand him. I'm trying to bring him down. Yeah. Where we share earthly concepts. Um, with the same words that we use to describe heavenly concepts, yeah. I, I do yeah. think I do think there's a risk that it communicates not the clear thing. God is love, you know, like I love ice cream. It's like no, no, not like yeah, you right, love ice not cream. the same. Yeah, not, not the same. same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think to to be fair, like I, like I, I, I kind of agree with Dan. But yes, mark the, the tape. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's it's not it's it's not you wouldn't change right the way that that God refers to Himself or the way that the Son refers to the Father, right? Like that's. That I'm sure we'll get to, but the fact that like, like people been in a car accident and then they can't get over car, right? I don't know whether it's a generational thing, but like it is for sure true. I could speak to that in youth ministry, like things that you think that people should be able, like that's just not even a correlation to have, and they can't let it go. Like they just absolutely can't let it go, and like I've noticed it more in youth than I have um, in in people my age for sure. Like connections that I make, where I'm like. Those aren't connected. I don't know why. Like you had a one-off weird incident, and then all of a sudden you're like holding on to like this experience as if it applies to every car ever made, and like they can't even even if they know better, even if they know they're doing it, 
Like they, I don't know. It just, it seems generational to me. Like they cannot let it go. Like we we swim in trauma and stay there. And like it's I I I don't know. I don't call it the hormones in the milk. I don't know. I don't know what to call it. <laughs> but hormones but, in the milk. But like it's a it's a legit reality, right? And like yeah, I've had really a really good. hard time getting past it myself. Where people are like, "This is this, and this is this," and like they get all worked up about a thing. I'm like. This isn't, doesn't even make logical sense, and and but they can't they can't drop it, and they know it's an overreaction, and they know it's ridiculous, and they can't they just can't let it go, and I don't understand it myself. I'm sure there's a psychology behind it, but yeah, probably. Yeah, it's, yeah. So I think I think it's okay to recognize. Well, yeah, yeah. I, it actually goes for this even outside of say the Lord's prayer. I think it's okay to recognize something has an impact. Well, Puva, what's the phrase? Trauma informed, not trauma. Uh, it, we did trauma informed, not, uh, trauma excused. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Trauma informed, not trauma excused. And so like, I think it's okay to recognize that a situation may cause you uh dissonance. And so when you say God is a father, they go, how, how should I understand that? Right. Because I think about my earthly father in this yep. way. That's okay. You, that should, that should prompt a question to go. My earthly father was a turd washer. Yeah. Like, how should I think of God? Because because like if all you hear is the Lord's prayer, let's say you had no no reading of the Bible at all, and all you heard was the Lord's prayer. Yes, that's a that's an apt yeah. comparison because the only bucket you can pull from is your own dad, right? But yes. like with a cursory reading of the rest of Scripture, God points to what a father should be and the way a father should act and the and and the way that he cares for his children. And like that's a way different picture than whatever earthly dad you had. Yeah, and so the right way to think of it then is is uh, the caution is that your experiences don't explicitly define the rest of the world and how it works. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's understandable that that is the only lens you have, and so that's that, I get that. Um, however, there is there is a right thinking and a humility that goes just because this is my experience. I have to know that it's not everybody's experience, but the concept that you're bringing to me creates a dissonance. Help me understand the difference. That's oh, that's trauma informed. Yeah. Um, but holding on to it and going like like the the suggestion here, which is oh we shouldn't say that because it, it triggers somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, frankly, that leaves them where they are. It's it allows mm-hmm. someone to think and look at the rest of the world that all father relationships can be then um, prescribed out into the world that way. And that's actually, that's flat out not true. And we don't do anybody a service by continuing to be, to act like that. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. Yeah. The trauma informed, trauma informed versus trauma excuse thing has been a big thing that, I mean, Ben, you and I've talked about this multiple yeah. times now. Um, and even on the show also, it's been, there, there's a certain level of, of, you know, like we've all been through crap and, and, and things get colored that way and, and all that kind of stuff. The most recent thing that I'm, I'm seeing is this trend of people thinking that, um, uh, there's such a thing as fat phobia and like, there's this, this movement that like the world is against obese people because like things aren't set up for us. So like, we have to worry about chairs that sometimes break out from under us and we have to worry about like traveling and things airplane like that. Seats and yeah, things airplane like seats yeah. and stuff like that. Right. And guess what? I've broken chairs before many times. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I've been a big guy most of my life. Um, I could choose to go, Hey, everyone around me has to change and has to, uh, has to cater to me and things like that. Or I can just go, well, I mean, I got to deal with this. Like this is life. I was at a church this last weekend that did not have chairs that were very uh, uh, Boova friendly yeah, is yeah. Uh, is the way to do them. Uh, they looked like they were made of hopes, wishes, and dreams. And uh, you know what I did? I went and sat in the corner. 
And I didn't go, um, excuse me, does anyone have a uh, heavily reinforced chair for me by chance? <laughs> where's the... Do you, uh, guys, do you guys... Can I sit on the stage? Is that okay? Like, Where's like, the, uh, where's the like, big wooden just, elder chairs? I, yeah, right, exactly. While the do guys, guys talking, do you guys have anything with some extra cushion? Like, no, I went and sat in the corner, and it looked ridiculous. I probably did, but guess what? It's my fault that I'm as big as I am that I have to worry about chairs. Like, anytime I've ever flown, I've bought two seats, and I didn't go, oh, man, I can't believe I have to have more than one seat. It's because I spill over like a busted can of hey, so, so isn't the point, though, like to your point, like, let's say it wasn't your fault, right? Let's say it's a thing that happened to yeah, you or right. whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like Which that's could be argued. Right, right. Yeah. So like, let's say that's that's trauma informed, not trauma excused, right? Like yeah. whether you did it or someone did it to you or whatever happened there, right? right? Like then you go like to, to have a wherewithal and go, okay, I know what lens I'm using, right? right? And that doesn't mean everybody has the same lens, but I'm telling you, this is where my barriers are going to be because yeah. this is the lens I have, you know? And so, like, you can either walk into the church and be angry that everyone doesn't understand yep. your plight, or you can look out at humanity and go, their problems are different than mine. They probably don't look around the chairs and go, I don't know, this is iffy. And here's the deal. If there's any place to stand for what's right and not what's uh, what's pandering to triggering, it's it's this yeah. Like, it's this to go, okay, we understand that you come from a broken family and a broken home, but there is a father that is much greater than anything you've ever understood. The there is a father to yeah. the fatherless that have been with the turd polishers for, for most of their life, yep. or the guys that went, went out for milk one day and never came back. Those fellas are out there. We recognize that. This is, there's yeah. a misunderstanding, and I think there's, there's a disservice by trying to pander to that because you're missing out on the beauty and the glory that is defining what a real father is. There is. Yeah. yeah. And that's what what we get to do as Christ followers. We get to go, we recognize that you're broken. We recognize that father may be a hot button word for you, but we know of a God and a father that is better than anything. And he is a good father that knows you and loves you. And here's where we're coming from. Let us lay out his kingdom and the words of his son this way. Not pandering our father is exactly what we should say. Yeah. You almost want to say that like, like, there's a there's a father that will redeem the word father. Absolutely. But the thing is, is like the original father, like we're the ones that ruin it. He's not. He's doesn't need redeemed. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. We're not his PR. <laughs> that, that's right. So like it doesn't need redeemed. It's it's always been what it's been. Yeah, right. And so like I, it, I think the whole wrap up of the conversation is is like uh, yes. Do we think that that bringing up the word father can be triggering? I hate that word, but like it can bring up. It can bring up memories for people yeah. or a connotation with it. Yeah, yeah, of course we think that's true. But, like, we're not throwing out what God defines as Father because uh, some schlubs in humanity aren't holding up there in the bar. Exactly. And God right. works in those areas. Like, when we've got situations where words that are, are, are earthly are broken for us, God shows up and goes, but I can redeem that. Yeah. And I can make that beautiful. Like, who are we to take that away? That, that's probably why I've never had an issue with the term Father, because... As a young child, I claimed Father God as my father because he says he's a father to the fatherless, even though I had one. Yeah. I I, I didn't find him worthy. Yeah. And, and uh, so I thought, okay, well, I've got a better dad now. Right. <laughs> right, right. And, and so, yeah. Thank never, God like, I have one. What? Thank God I've got a better father. Yeah, exa- yeah, right. Exactly. So he's he's the standard. He's the sovereign. He's the holy. And, you know, it's like, why would that trigger me? Uh, Boy, it's funny that you say that, right? Because, like, do you know how many... Uh, people are walking around with like this 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 dad complex, right? Like kids that grew up, and like here's the thing: if you have an accurate view of who God the Father is at, at a young age, 
you don't need your dad to hold all this weight. Yeah. Right. So you don't have all this disappointment in him, right? Like, and he's just a broken dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he's probably doing the best he can. Even if he's great, he's going to let you down, you know? And Absolutely. so, like, you walk into your, your late 20s, early 30s, still mad at your old man because he let you down in some aspect of discipline or responsibility or something or other, you know? But, like, if you have an accurate view of God the Father, then you're like, I know what this man is doing. He's stewarding <laughs> that gift to me. Um, he's doing the best he can, but I don't need him to tick every box ever known yep. because I have a father. <laughs> I told my girls that many times throughout the years as they were growing up. I said, I- I'm going to let you down. I'm a human being yeah. and I'm going to fail. There is a father who will never let you down. Yep. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to try really hard and I love you with all my life. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try, but I will let you down. Yeah. Worship him. I'm number two. I'm number two. Right. Told them that since they were infants. I'm number two. I just, I'm not, I'm not a number two cleaner, but I am a number two. My father-in-law, the first time he met me, he uh, took me out in a little Chevy Spark. And uh, those things the size of my shoes. And uh, we're driving together, and he looks at me, and he goes, do you love Jesus? And I went, yeah. And he goes, good. I'm not the father of hers that you need to worry about. And I was like... I mean, okay. <laughs> I think that was a. I think that was more of a buzzword statement. Than it was like a real rock polisher, you know. Like, Do you have a gun? Good stuff. Uh, so, so was the, yeah. Read the rest of the article. Is the guy like? Is he trying to say we should change it to something? Or? Yeah, dance monkey. Yeah. So he said, uh, if this God to whom we pray is Father, then those of us who say this prayer together are sisters and brothers, family members, the household of God. He elaborated that the visible divisions among Christians, including across different denominations, are detrimental to the promotion of the gospel. Um, According, the discussion became a point of contention during the previous sign-on in February. Proposals were made to consider a project on gendered language referencing God. Um, Yeah, he didn't say... It's not clear whether he was like, hey, this needs to change. Um... He emphasized that using our father can be disturbing for those with abusive fathers. Yeah, so if he's just saying that it can be, that's different than saying, well, although I, I guess it, the proposal there was for, for trying to, like, ungender the language. I don't know what you're going to say. I was just about, yeah, parent. Okay. I mean, your, your whole parents could stink. Like, that's the thing. Our parents. It's like, that doesn't change anything. People have crappy parents. Uh, you don't not teach around uh, David and Bathsheba because people have, you know, had situations of which, hey, that looks a lot my life. Exactly. That's why we're talking about right. it. As a matter of fact, I've, I'm pretty confident that every time I've touched on the Lord's Prayer, we've digested, hey, be careful that you don't take this in as your earthly father. Because because he's yeah. he's he's more than that, um, and and like and there may be positive connotations which help you relate to God in a way that, that because your father was awesome, yeah. and that might be true. That might break down some walls um, of feeling like God is 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 distant from you if you had a good loving father who hugged you and who blah blah like that. The picture can be helpful, um, but I'm pretty. I, I I mean whatever. When you're teaching the Lord's prayer, what do you bucket off in about four or five weeks? You tell you focus on all the words because it's pretty short. Like Father comes up. It's a right way to address it, not like let's get rid of it because it causes us trouble. In fact, you'd have to throw out the whole Bible acting like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, you just have to say, if this triggers you, you're not getting it. Yeah. You're not understanding it correctly. Yeah. God, God, God is above all of this. Or actually— Praise God. Yeah, actually, that's the right way to do it. It's that like, okay, let's find a way to say uh, that, that triggers you for trouble. Let's trigger you to blessing. Let's yeah. have you recognize that when you hear Father, you think something completely different. Yeah, thank God there's one out there who is perfect, who right. does love exactly. me. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah, and like, here's the deal. I don't. I, I, we're not dismissing here 
that it's a real that this is a reality for some people. But mm-hmm. uh, it does not mean that that reality has to persist. As a matter of fact, it's to your detriment to allow it to do so. Like you have to be open. And this goes where it's difficult, kind of like in the context you're talking about, is if people go, you know, look, I, I can't shake this thing. Like, are you are you open to shaking this thing? Because sometimes, frankly, like we there are situations of which um, the, uh, the, a triggering phrase or situation. Um, causes us to back off because there's a hard work in overcoming it. Some of this stuff is super hard. Guys, people have put a lot of effort into screwing you up. And, like, it's hard work to get it sorted back out. It's hard work to reclaim situations and words and emotions that have been tainted in you, especially as a kid, especially in related to other relationships, some of them religious. I know that. But what I'm te- but it's not okay to read that back into universal understanding of how things work. You, you actually – you do have to say – and it's a conscious thing. It's, it's – uh, I'm going to regret this comparison, I think. But, like, it's like fighting an addiction. You have to you have to be able to look at it and go, look, I, I want this not to drive me uh, to a place I don't want to be all the time. I want this not to own me. And I'm not I'm not prescribing that it's easy or that it's a simple f- flip of the mind. But your willingness to go, I don't want this to be a trigger for me. I want to, ex- to, to look at the world through the lens of a good father and not have whatever crap dad I had taint my world. You have to be willing to fight for that. It's going to take some time. Um, so uh, the encouragement isn't – it goes back to the thing we talked about a few weeks ago. It's not that your emotions aren't real. It's just they don't they don't own you. You do have to choose what to do with them. And this is a good example of something where like it's not easy work, but it is work, and you can yeah. have it. You can rec- – this can be healed. Yeah, and it's not edifying to people to – like like the, the, the common phrase nowadays is like to be, to be seen and known, right? And like those are good things, right? But like – when it stops there, you've done them no favors. You've not you've not helped anybody. Like even if it gives you like a, a an enlarged sense of heart, like you've just I just want to see people and I want to know them. And like I hear what you're saying, but like God doesn't treat us that way, right? Like like once once He gets into your life, He doesn't go, okay, I see you <laughs> and I know you. He goes, I see and know you. Now you're gonna come follow yeah. me. Right? Time That's where. Work. That Jesus is actually the change, right? Like, like with the the works that he's that he has redeemed you for is where all of the change is. And so, like, just seeing and I, I, it's not a bad thing to see and know people, right? It's better than treating them like a religious gotcha, right? If that's if that's what we've been accused of over the last hundred years, but like, you're 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 failing in a completely opposite end of the spe- spectrum. If you believe that just seeing them and knowing people is like that's enough, it's definitely not. Like Jesus is the changer. Following yeah. Jesus is the way that, that that life starts starts to make some sense, yep. and you get some peace in there. And so, like just seeing somebody and going, "Hey, I want to be with you," and "Hey, I want to know you in your struggles." If you continue to let them be in the struggles and not speak the good news into that, then you've you've not loved them well. Our check out this picture. Check out this mind picture. Our modern world and our the way our society functions is the first person in the Good Samaritan story. They saw you, and then they left you for dead. Yep. That's what we're doing. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, seen. I acknowledge. Like, we're not the, the Levite just goes around you. That looks awful. Right. Yeah, yeah but, yeah, hey, yeah. I see you. Yeah. I acknowledge that you're over there beat up and crappy on the side of the road. And my reaction is not to change you, not to help with your circumstances, right. not to pull you out of the grave that you've tried to crawl into, but to go, I see you, and I'm going to leave you yeah. for dead. I, we may even sit down for a second and go, man, that looks rough. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. that hurt? And they go, yeah, it hurts. And we Here's go, a water bottle. I tell you a story of how I had a wound like that once. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, I remember when I was hurting. Well, 
Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Anyway. Donkey's <laughs> got to get to market. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Man, that's rough. It's no. No. No use to be seen, known, uh, and to be left for dead. That, that, but, and that's the thing is like you know that like we're we're adopting that posture as a reaction to like you know faceless church membership right and like not knowing any homeless people or people who aren't your race or people of different economic backgrounds like just looking at people as numbers at your place we're rebelling against that and that's good and right we should be rebelling against that but like both of those things were always only only solved by the work of jesus christ in your life that is it that and and so like the seeing and known is great, and I'm totally for it. But like Ben's right, like we're the <laughs> we're the Levite in the call. Like we just walk by and go. Right. I can recognize and acknowledge that you're in the straits, and I can be with you for just a little bit. But like place to stay or offer of any, nah, I'm a, no. But I did I did know it happened to you, right? Yeah, I see you're in a fire right now. I have some water, but I'm gonna keep going. Yeah, can you imagine? Like I, I mean, Job's friends are always my classic example, right? <laughs> Where they just show up, sit down, and be quiet. And not offer their stuff. But, like, at the end of the day, like, if they were any friends at all, they start speaking into it. Right? Like, you give time to see and know. That was That's a great example of just, like, you're going through a rough time. We're just, I want you to know that we're here with you. And then Eliphaz got to start running his yapper and being like, blah, blah, blah. And he was wrong. All the stuff he was saying was wrong. But, like, that's right. Like, you show up and you're like, you say, I see what you're going through. I know what you got going on. Just know that I'm with you. Like, this relationship bond between us, it ain't going nowhere. None of this affects any of that. But now we need to look at this a little bit differently. Somehow, I don't know how we correct this in, in in this generation because to be seen and known puts us in the center of the story. We want to be the we want to be the center, and and sometimes in, in, if you forget the sovereignty of God, right? It's God's the center of the story because sometimes you're seen and known by God, and He says, "Yeah, you just touched the ark, you're dead." <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's like yes. because I'm the center of the story, and you tried to mess with it, and, and so, somehow that has to be communicated in a way that it'll be heard. That that I don't I don't know that that, that we we're not that important. We're, we're, it's his story. We're just part of it. I don't care who we are. Yeah, we're we're just, we're just along for the ride. And... Yeah. All right. Hey, you've been listening to live uh, live from the path. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me. <laughs> I was trying to think, like, uh, sometimes yeah, you say... you've been listening to uh, Live from the Bath. You should call uh, the yep, complaint yep, line yep, yep, yep. and say something. Hey, there's. Uh, we won't read the whole story, but, like, uh, an interesting use of AI is Bible translation. They're using AI to help translate the scriptures into um, languages that are uh, super uh, scarce, like very rare mm-hmm. languages. So and uh, I can stop my... Uh, Mission support that I'm yeah yeah those to. people are like uh, what did my I read friend Anthony yeah yeah you don't have to pay it you don't have to pay it anymore Dan just, just save me some money send it to the old uh, Chat GPT <laughs> give it to the Google anyway I I don't know it's a cool use of it it's a, I've I've uh, uh, heard of a number of of uh, pastors who have like said hey just to check it hey write me the sermon and it's been pretty good which I mean may again we're sourcing from maybe we've got some right. good uh, yes. sermon content on the net good job boys. <laughs> That sounds a lot like Spurgeon. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, actually, it was Sturgeon. <laughs> Skynet. Okay. Hey, uh, so interesting story. We had uh, um, our church went and kind of hung out with uh, uh, another church this weekend. And uh, everyone, there's, there's a dude that said something at this church service. And uh, ev- no one really commented on it. But I, I thought it was, the, it was like the coolest part of the day. He said that a friend of his... Uh, some like Indians, like uh, uh, Indian the country, 
Don't look at me. Every time I feel like I'm going to say something culturally insensitive, Boof is going to look at me. I didn't say anything. I didn't say dots, not feathers. I didn't. <laughs> anyway, an Indian feller <laughs> texted a, an Indian feller <laughs> texted a dude uh, some kind of spam, you know, like trying to get him to buy something or whatever. And the dude replies like Jesus loves you. And over the course of, I don't remember what it was, like two or three weeks, like the guy's professed faith in Jesus and has been like like talking to this guy. That's awesome. Responding, doing like Bible study-ish things. Now, it could be a long con. He's like, ultimately, I want you to send me $10 million. <laughs> it could be. But like, uh, here's what, it, what I thought at the end. I said, I don't know how long, I believe the story to be true. I don't think the guy made up the story. Whether it's real or not. Uh, or how long it's true, I don't know. But what it one of the things that it caused me to think was how many. I, I, if you asked me, Ben, how many things you're trying to do on your own, I'd be like, oh, nothing. I, I let Jesus take the wheel, <laughs> you know. But like, I would. But I would for the spam texter, I would go. You don't have to worry about this, Lord. I got it. I'll take care of the spam texter under my own under my own steam. Yeah. And for the most part, this seems appropriate, right? You're like, ah, you know, but it what it ma- it made me it opened up something to me where I thought, you know, am I really looking for opportunity at every rock? And I, I this is this is the Ben doesn't think pamphlets are effective and I don't think protesting's effective with the signs on the side of the road. But it's just the open concept that goes is every moment possibly holy? And do I go, you know, I might just see what happens if yeah. I text this texter back. And see what goes on. Am I open? Am I open to God using all kinds of things where I might be missing out simply because I go, oh, well, God's got the heavy lifting. I'll handle the exchange at the grocery store. And so regardless of what you believe about the accuracy or validity of the story, it was encouraging to me to think about how many more moments can I make sure that I'm not holding on to that I've opened up for God to do whatever he wants in. And so I, I don't know. I was excited. That was an encouraging story to me. I was just talking to my wife yesterday. And I, we were talking about um, obedience, like in uh, specifically in spiritual disciplines, right? Like uh, reading, reading the Bible and praying and stuff. And like I've always liked reading the Bible more than I've enjoyed praying. But, and I, th- I, th- I was thinking about that when I was talking to her. And I'm like, here's the thing, though, is like, there's a bit of ar- there's a bit of arrogance even to that, right? Because like when I read the Bible, I'm like, I'm 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 listening for God's God's voice in the scriptures, and I'm like, but. But I'm also learning things, like I'm accumulating knowledge and hopefully wisdom from God's word, right? And like I'm still at the center of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the amount of Bible knowledge that I take in, or the things that like where I think to myself, okay, um, when when this comes up later, like this is an excellent review of God's heart, right? These are all great things to know. Um, but like I'm still the the main character in my Bible studies because like it's it's about the knowledge that I'm gaining or the the information that I think God is trying to give to me, but like prayer is completely dependent on him, right? Like it, it like completely takes me out of it. I'm saying I can't do these things without you. These are what I'm asking you to be a part of in my life, to show me things like to, to involve you in my life more where scripture is, is, I mean, it's essentially kind of the same thing, but like, I, I just, it just occurred to me that like, Depending on how you approach it, it can still be, you know, mainly focused on you as you read the scriptures. You okay, know? so I actually think that's the right distinction, though, is that like uh, you could totally approach prayer wrong and end up in the same bucket. 
right? You're praying for something that is explicitly focusing on you and asking God to come buddy up to you. So I, th- I actually think the risk in both of those things isn't the mediums themselves. I, I think it's a, it's how you think about them. It's your posturing in either one. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, maybe my posturing's off. I, d- I know that like when I when I approach God in prayer, like it's basically like Mike doing things is on timeout, right? Like I'm asking God to do all these things or to yeah. teach me something or, or do these for other people. Like I'm saying, God, under all these things, under your power alone. But I think when I approach the scripture, like it's it's that, but not to the same extent. And it's like, hey, now I remember which king died. Or I remember who that guy that got stabbed or, oh, man, I forgot about the fact that, like, whatever his face was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's possible to just, like, take that same attitude and 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 put it in the back seat. And now I'm just, I'm learning knowledge things, right, for hope that I'm constantly looking for what I'm going to talk about next time I have to teach somewhere. And I'm like, oh, we should teach about this, right? Like, I always have half a mind on something else where prayer, I don't have that problem. Like, prayer is just solely on his ability and his efforts and his things. And so like, I find it, I it's, I think it's the reason that I struggle with like with prayer because it's not about me. It's not, it's revealing. Cause I think it's not, it's not about me as much. And like, it was, I don't know. It was, it was something that I felt like just hit me all of a sudden that like, crap, there's no wonder I have a hard time coming up with whatever, like, like set assigning time for just prayer. Yeah. I, I feel like uh, so I, I was would struggle with a similar thing on setting time aside for prayer, I, I, but because I think um, it's uh, it's not it's not as prescribed for one right like if I if I intend to sit down and read scripture it can be accomplished it started it stopped it succeeded yeah right um, prayer although way more nebulous because like it, it will obviously implicitly kind of start and stop like what could happen in there. Um, it, it, I, I think you're I think it does facilitate a more, um, if you approach it right, a more freeing, um, open, an openness to something that God may, may do uh, call you to in your life. But like, again, I, I don't know that it doesn't run the same risk though. Cause like you could, if th- that's a posturing, you go into, if you approach prayer in a way that says, God, I can't do this. This is me opening up to share and hear from you. If you showed up and go, God, here are the things that I want. I want you to come do this, heal this person, bless this person, guide me in this thing, send me on my way. Like, that's no different than the risk that you approach to Scripture if the only reason you approach Scripture is for an accumulation of, of a set of facts. Yeah, I th- maybe let's talk – let's put it in the context of, like, someone who's coming at it, like, with the right heart intent and maybe just their aspects of their personality or aspects of the way that they do either one um, – you know, tends to float them in a direction, like one way or the other. And actually, this this leads in a little bit to the the like we were talking when you're talking about hearing from God. The other thing I was talking to her about was like, um, especially if you don't have a rhythm of prayer in your life, um, like you run out of things to say real fast, mm-hmm. right? You're like, well, uh, like my general posture through most of my life has been like, I mean, I could ask him for it. He already knows that I need it. And for real general things, like like even when I'm praying for my kids, I'm like, he loves my kids more than I love my kids. Uh, I mean, he already is going to do great God things, you know? And so is there any reason to, like, talk about it ad nauseum? Because it would be me, like, uh, talking to God in a way that, like, I don't talk anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have long conversations with folks, you know? So, like, I just kind of get to the point and then, and then move on. Yeah. But, like, what I've noticed is, like, when I had, uh, like, a fairly consistent rhythm of prayer— like I listen to like my wife pray, and she just says like beautiful things. 
when she talks to Jesus. Like uh-huh. when she pray, her and I pray together, or like we're praying as a family. She just says like these on point, awesome heart of God things, and I'm over there going, "Well, God, could you bless so and so?" Or could you get involved in this guy's life? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like real generic stuff. And I'm like, dang, she's just better. She's just better at this. But I think the truth is, is like she has a very consistent rhythm of prayer in her life. And the more you are obedient to that and, and like submit yourself to that, the more that like your heart becomes his heart mm-hmm. and you start to say things very close in line. You know what I'm saying? Like you start, it starts coming out of you because that's what you've been putting into it. I think that's so key. I, th- I think that struck me a few weeks ago. I was studying through this, and I think it's a level of intimacy that, that most of us never get. I mean, I haven't got there yet. That I, I, I would love to get there. Yeah. That that it just kind of struck me. Like you look at some of the stories of miracles that took place, and some of the prayers that took place in in the the New Testament, where where you know Jesus said, "Okay, Lazarus, you know, come forth." He he didn't say, "Well, God, if it's your will, mm-hmm. maybe." Or, or after after the the resurrection and 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 Peter's walking along, you know, and and well, silver and gold I have none. You but I hear she probably have. Get up yeah. in the name of Jesus. Yeah. He he wasn't real wimp. Like I I've, I don't pray with that confidence because I don't know. I know God can do it. I don't know if He's going to do it. Yeah. Peter knew he was going to do it. Yeah. yeah. So there was something there was something in their relationship. Like, Holy Spirit, something was going on there that, that Peter didn't have doubt in his prayer like we tend to have. Like yep. yeah. Uh, and and. And I that, that that's maybe I'm wrong, but I think that's the conclusion I came to. Like maybe the reason I have doubt in my prayers, Lord, if it's your will, blah blah blah, is because I I haven't spent the time to know Him well enough in an intimate way to to know what He's thinking. I feel like that's convictingly mm-hmm. true. Yeah, right? yeah. It's like between. I mean, it's it's a combination. It's Bible study. It's prayer. It's it's the whole thing. Listening, and and we, we try to compartmentalize. Well, here's my buddy, my prayer time. Here's my study time. Yeah. You, you know, here's this time. And it's rather it's, it's this whole ball of spiritual walk that uh, should exhibit itself in knowing the heart of God and communicating it. Yeah. So think about this from a um, if you need a worldly example. Let's say um, one of my kids goes into the kitchen and goes, "Oh, we're out of we're out of milk." And my wife would say, "Dad'll pick it up." Well, did you did you text him and let him know? No. He he knows we need milk. He knows that we need it, and he's going to get it. I have I, I don't need to call him. Uh, I, I guarantee your dad will have it because I'm be, like, let's just presume I'm consistent at bringing milk. I keep a good eye on it. I know when the, the family right needs kind, milk right brand, the right yeah, percentage. It's, it's going to be correct. Right. Yeah. And my, and because I've acted that way and my wife knows me, she's seen me behave this way. She pays attention to what I'm doing. We talk about it. So like, she doesn't have any doubt that I'm going to bring the milk, mm-hmm. uh, even though it wasn't spoken uh, or if, even if it was, it yeah, was. I, I asked your dad, is he going to forget? He won't forget. Yeah. He'll do it. Right. And so like, that's a very shallow example, but just think about that. Like that requires like trust and knowing and being and seeing and, and remembering so that, you know, you can, you, my, my wife is not going out on a limb. Well, if he wants to, your dad will pick it up. Mm-hmm. He, he'll do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And like where I'm inconsistent, God is consistent. And so like he mm-hmm. can keep those. But like if my wife is not checking in with me, is not seeing these situations, she won't have the confidence that she should have by just knowing that I'm going to bring it. My, yeah. my... Sorry. I, I, like I was I was just thinking like this is this is where like the plane is driving here is like. It, it centers around obedience, like it centers around like like we've been we talked about this a couple a couple shows back where we we're talking about like. Uh, you know, we're trying not to be legalistic and uh, about our, you know our spiritual disciplines, and like I don't know what that's gained us, right? Like by gaining, <laughs> by like having a bunch of flood. Like I'm not saying that like we you know we should judge whether you're saved or not based on how often you read your Bible. 
that type of legalism is garbage and not God's heart at all. Yeah. But like, if we're talking about like, you know, you don't have to read your scriptures every day. You don't necessarily have to pray every day. You know, it's and, and you're like, I suppose you don't. But like, why would we prescribe anything other than that? Like, yeah. why would we prescribe spending less time with God? Like, if you have time, you should be you should be pointing it in that direction. Like, there's just there's zero and that is not yeah. consistent. Yeah. With the Bible at all, yeah. right? To say like, well, you, you know, like as long as you do it sometimes, like we're we're legalistic in completely the opposite direction with yeah. the meager amount of time. Yeah, I mean, the Bible. I I don't know. It's it's fair to say that it's not consistent with the Bible. The Bible doesn't prescribe that. But the, but the point I think you're making, which is a salient one, which is like, I I, I think you got to be cautious that people don't misunderstand God nor their relationship by legalistic measures. Yeah. However consistently being obedient to God, spending time with him, doing the things that you know are, are good and and help maintain right relationship, you should want to do those, and it is certainly help, and we would encourage people to do it. Yeah, right, because, like, the legalism part that, that, like, where we got it wrong is we started acting like, like, Jesus is not the one that keeps you. Jesus is not the one that holds you. Like, your relationship, like, waxes and wanes based on behavior. That's garbage. That's not the way that that works at all. But the way that that like god can communicate with you and you can see the acts that he's doing in the world that he's created yeah i think yeah. that is tied to obedience that is tied to submitting to the holy spirit that yeah. is tied to spending and being having an intimate relation with him so like and like one of the points i was just listening to a podcast somebody was talking about it and they said like we have a we have a like a generation and and that includes mine that likes to, that thinks well you know i can be somewhat obedient, slightly hypocritical, and still be used by God? And, like, the answer is yes, that's completely true. Pharaoh was that way, right? Yes. Pharaoh was used by God, and he had no obedience to Yahweh. You know, so, like, yeah, can God use you? Can you thwart his purposes from Job 42 to? No, you cannot. But, like, is that really the intimate relationship? That, that is that the relationship you want with God? He's going to casually use you for his purposes, whether you're obedient or not, or do you want to be in on it? Right? Do you or do you want to be a part of it? Do you want to sit in the front row and experience the the things that God is doing, or like do you want to just be randomly used? Right? Like that doesn't sound great at all. Yeah. I mean, he's he's looking down into Jerusalem, weeping over people like us, sheep without a shepherd, because we're a bunch of idiots. Then he's on the cross, dying, showing how much he loves loves us, and we're like, yeah. I mean, we, we, I, I could take it in. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, is that like you're simultaneously saying. Don't misunderstand God by your relationship to the disciplines. But if you want to understand God, you probably should have a relationship with the disciplines. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But but it's but it's 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 putting the things it's putting the things in its proper place. Yeah, yeah. Well, and also think about like like even even good-hearted people who are trying to follow Jesus. You're like, I'm just trying to spread the light to other people. Like, you can't spread something you don't have, mm -hmm. right? Like, you can't just passively pick it up from the buffet table and then like. Hand it out to people like it gonna come out of you, right? Like and so like if you're immersed in it, you won't have a choice in the matter. It'll just come out, mm -hmm. right? And and so I, I I think I mean I'm I'm preaching to others while I'm preaching to myself here, but like I just can't fathom why we like we were trying to get away from legalistic salvation and and legalistic yes. love from God. That is that is not true, right? But like the depth and width of how you get to experience that, that's. That's tied to obedience.
that's tied to your spiritual disciplines. And so like if you find like other people are having this amazing experience with God and and like they're like I felt God's presence or God said this to me or God showed me this and you're like wow God you know maybe God doesn't talk to everybody. I yeah, I think he does. And I think he will communicate with you and like he will show you things, but like you've read James when the pastor read it. And then that's about as you listen to to Osteen once a week and then pop out your devotion calendar with a quippy saying from Proverbs that you're never going to memorize. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is not immersing yourself and being obedient to the things like God, the relationship God has called you to. I really like what you said with the whole, we, we can't spread, a like, we're trying to spread light and things like that, and we can't just spread something we don't have. And it, it reminds me of uh, when I when I first started going to therapy uh, two years ago, um, one of the things that my therapist talked to me about was the, the positive and negative self-talk. I'm sure we've all heard those words before. Um, and just even a few conversations in, she goes, hey, I stop. Stop talking for a second. And I'm like, oh, okay. She knows me. She knows what she needs to do. <laughs> and she goes, uh, I have an assignment for you that starts right right now. And I go, okay. What's up, Karen? And her name actually was Karen. She's great. Um, she goes, uh, you are the meanest person I've ever heard in my life to you. And I go, okay. She goes, yeah, you're really rude to yourself. Did you know that? Like, you call yourself fat like every five sentences. And I'm like, well, I mean... In all five of those sentences, I am fat. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, nothing's changed. Like, you're lucky. You're lucky. The other four don't have a reference to it. Like, being honest, like a constant state of existence makes sense. My lungs feel it. Um, she goes and like you call yourself stupid a lot, and I'm like, well, same, same situation. Uh, but she goes like, just stop, stop for a second. Your goal this next week is I want you to start every day. And she goes, it's going to be obnoxious, and it sounds like I'm talking to you like you're a child. You just, I need you to say five nice things about yourself. And I'm like, what is wrong with you, woman? Like, <laughs> I have 20 years of trauma that I'm going to friggin' deal with. Like, I got the Mississippi River, and you're like, hey, I'll throw in a pebble of, Boovo, you're not fat. You're, <laughs> you're fluffy. lovable. <laughs> the Lord went, we need more of him. Like, what? No, that's, that's not how this works. And like, the first couple of days, I'm like, this is the stupidest crap ever. I'm like, I'm a really nice guy, and this is, people generally enjoy being around me. Ah. It smells like the, it smells like the, the Stuart Smalley. Don't go to people like you. Positive self talk. You're the greatest boober. No, but like two days in, I'm like, this is stupid. Four days in, I'm like, look, this is less stupid. Yeah. A week and a half in, I'm like, holy crap, this is crazy. Uh-huh. Like, I'm starting to recognize, like, I, I stop calling myself stupid. I don't think I'm stupid so much. Like, I stopped calling myself fat. That didn't change. But the fact of the matter is, is like, it's not the first thing on my tongue. Yeah. Like, I don't immediately go like, oh, I'm fat. And so it's interesting because I was like my entire worldview changed based off of what I was taking in, what I was feeding in, what I was saying. And so I really I I I I take that and I think to myself, like there's commandments in the Old Testament that is basically like as as uh, God is giving the law to Moses. He then says, like, you need to read this amongst each other at all times. Like, you need to, when it, when you gather and, like, at the, at the certain feasts and things like that, you need to read through all of my law. And then going into, like, Psalms, it talks about, I speak specifically within 119, um, I think it's David that writes that one. He's talking about, like, I have, I have meditated upon your statutes. I have, I, I, I've, I have, I've grown up and have learned nothing but your laws. And, like, it's, it's interesting because there's a parallel for in Psalm 119 
13, um, that was a way for them to like learn their alphabet was a way to go through Psalm 119 because there's so many different stanzas that they go through. That like It was like each, an acrostic. Yeah, it, yeah, each one is an acrostic to a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And so it's like they're immersed, like completely immersed in Yahweh's law at all times and their stories. And it, when you take it even further back, and it's not just a list of do's and don'ts, it is the fulfillment of God's character and his covenant through a unruly people. Like over and over again through all the stories of, of of the books of the law and then into the Old Testament, it's literally God's story and his revealing of himself through those stories. It's his way of showing who he is as a God, Elohim over Elo, uh, Elohim of Elohim, I think, over this peoples that he's chosen as his people. And it's a story of covenant after covenant after promise after promise that he never broke and never failed once. He was the one who filled, fulfilled completely, took on all the curses, took on all all the bad stuff that was supposed to happen with that whenever one of those promises and covenants were broken by his people, right? And like when you take a step back and realize that every single day they were meditating on the promise that God gave them and the fact that he never failed those promises. Like imagine not from a legalistic perspective, but imagine going back to that positive self-talk thing. You are completely immersed daily in an identity that God is giving through his word to show you who he is and how he has never failed and how he will never fail you. Imagine how much different your life looks when every single day is an Ebenezer to his glory, his holiness, and his trustworthiness and faithfulness through all of it that he never failed and never will from end to end, beginning to end, all of it. Like, that changes things for you. And it changes your day-to-day when it's no longer peppered by, oh, I got to go to work today and blah, 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 this stuff, my normal daily life of, no, I start my day or end my day or part of my day, whatever, is a reminder of who my God is and who I am based off of who he is and what my day and what my work looks like because I'm in the kingdom of that father and that God. It's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is wild to think about like how, uh, yeah, like what you take in matters, how you think about things matters. Actually, I was having a uh, rather long conversation with my wife this morning. We're just we're sorting out some bumps. And like one of the things that like we kind of agreed to focus on is that like sometimes sometimes in close relationships, marriage relationships specifically, whatever, you start getting unhappy with each other. And you're like, well, you if, if you change this, then things will go better. And then the other person looks at you and goes, well, if you change this, things will go better. And like one of the drags of that is that like we took like these are we problems. They're not like mm-hmm. they're not like you, my wife, like wife problems, husband problems like we, we a unit, man. And so like. We think about it wrong when we don't approach these issues as we's. Hey, my husband's having a hard time. Like, I don't know, he's lazy around the house or he doesn't do anything that I want him to do or something. Like, when you frame it as, oh, my husband sucks and he should just change that, you've actually misunderstood the calculation. It's, hey, my husband's having a rough time living up to help us be the strongest we we can. How can I help him be that? Yeah. Not make sure that I know he knows that he stinks about it. And same thing, you pick your problems with like whatever it is you're going going on with your spouse and go, oh, you know what? They just I don't like the way they talk to me or I'm I'm upset about something or other. And you once you need to change that so that I'm happy as opposed to, you know what? Our we is not as strong as it needs to be. And part of that is stuff that my maybe my wife needs to change. How can I help her? 
her be that, not just make sure that she knows that I'm unhappy with it, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't get to pass our marriage problems on to any given spouse. These are we things. And when I, but when I think of it that way, it, I, you don't spend all your time thinking negatively of a person in another side of the relationship. You look at yourself and say, how can we strengthen the thing that we have? How can I help strengthen us by helping to strengthen her? And like I, w- when I'm at my worst, I'm antagonistic to my wife and probably similarly going the other direction. And when we are at our best, I look at her with sympathy and grace. And I say where, where she is struggling and it is negatively impacting me is the exact time where she needs me at my best to help her bridge those gaps. And the, But the only way that works is if you have if you really trust each other and go like, I, I trust this person is for me. I trust this person is for us. And what they're trying to do is strengthen us, not just make it so that they like any any sense. This is where where both Peter and Paul start to go after attempts to dominate each other. That's these are calls to humility and service for this type of reason. And so but like what feels like a subtle change of language. Hey, we're having like spouses who may not be agreeing on something to hey man like these are we problems not you and i problems it changes the paradigm of how you start to 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 think about it and so if something as subtle as that and an earthly relationship i think is powerful and changes how you approach things when you're to, to mike's point to your point if you're feeding in reminders of who god is yep you're feeding in like scripture gets to dance in your head. You're open to these things soaking into your life and probably saying no to other things that we don't get those channels things and going, I'm not going to take that stuff in anymore. Like, I think we underestimate how powerful some of that stuff can be in one changing our life for the better, but sometimes wizened in the well yeah, and changing some things for the worse. Yeah. I, I think if, if you're being honest with yourself, like you can look back at your life and go, I've never done this. I've never actually committed mm-hmm. to being obedient yeah. to this. And like, you have no idea what it will produce. Zero idea. You In your head, you're like, it will produce the same thing I'm doing now. That's why I'm doing less. You know what I'm saying? There's no reason to put more work into it. God will speak to who he speaks to. He will move in who, in who he wants to move in. He's already said I should have hope, so I'll just manufacture the hope. You know, like I'll pretend to have it or, you know, and hopefully other people seem to have more of it. But, uh, I mean, I believe God is good, and I do think he does all things, so that's good enough, right? And, like, I mean, dang it, friend. You know what I'm saying? Like, you've never done this. You've never committed to going, look, I'm going to strive every day to spend more time with the God who made me. Yeah. Right? And just, I mean, just let's try legalism for a month. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> why you just, legalism. Let's why, why don't you shirt. just be, why don't you just discipline and be, and, and be in it, like, for a month, be like, I'm going to do this. It's Ocean's Eleven, man. It's never been tried. Yeah. We're going to do three casinos at once by following, reading the scriptures, praying to the Lord. Like, right, trying something consistently that you may have given a week and go, eh. Yeah. I'm not sure it's shook out. And let's out. be honest, you gave it two days. <laughs> and you picked to start in Leviticus like an idiot. <laughs> hey, although to Buva's, well, here's what I thought with Buva's point. Daniel, or uh, David looks back at Deuteronomy and goes, I delight in your laws. Yep. Daniel delights just about to in Deuteronomy. Say start up in Leviticus. <laughs> do it. Here's the deal. Like, I love Leviticus. Uh, so do I. The, okay, the, Mike can attest to this, and I keep talking about this in every circle. I think the Lord just keeps putting on me to keep saying. I've I've been going through this weird phase for me because I've never done the try it friend where I'm like, Lord, I want you to speak to me, but I really don't want to read your word. And I, I that's what I've done many times over and thousands of hours worth of like, hey, 
I want you to speak to me, but I'm going to spend a lot of time on the sites I shouldn't be on, and I'm going to spend most of my time in crappy places that you're not present because of my choices that I'm keeping you out of. But I really wish you would talk to me more. Use right? me, Jesus. Use, yeah. use me, Lord. <laughs> hey, what's that part of that Bible? No, but like, it's this interesting thing that I, I've read through the Old Testament I think fully once before in my life because I had the same mentality where it was like, okay, I got to do it so that I can say that I can get a gold star Christian, right? Like I get to go to Sunday school and go, yes, aha, I have read through the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. I'd like it to spend a lot more time in the New Testament, but I've read, read that old stuff. So I got that gold star, right? And I always did this checkbox crap where I'm just like, all right, fine. I did it the one time. I don't understand most of it. It's not my culture, so how am I supposed to get anything? I can't pronounce most of the names, whatever, right? It seems pretty rough in there. I'm going to stay out of it. This last and most recent run, like I started randomly in the epistles and kind of went through all of the uh, the New Testament. And then when I guess I'm going to Genesis, and I think I've tried to start Genesis maybe 10 times and I've gotten 15 chapters in and get bored. Mm-hmm. This last time, I don't know if it's it's a weird maturity on me or well, it's obviously Jesus, not me. But like this freaky thing came over my head where I'm just like, okay, if I take a step back and I recognize that even very much so the Old Testament, is the revealing of God's character by himself in words and a story of him covering all offenses, fulfilling all curses, and taking over all the redemption that needs necessary for this family that he promised to build from the ground up with an impossible situation that starts at the beginning that goes all the way through to a nation over and over again redeemed by their God, right? If I'm listening and reading these stories from the perspective of this is literally over and over again, whether it's the laws or whether it's a census or whether it's the the story of a family over and over again of how many sons were fighting sons that could go out to the battlefield, right? If I take all that step back and I go, every single bit of this is God revealing his character and revealing his his tenacity to never fail and give up on a family that is constantly failing and is awful and is screwing up and has destroyed every covenant and won't freaking get rid of the Asherah poles for anything. Like how many times they picked up a bale and picked up an Asherah pole is nuts. But the fact of the matter is that God through all of this has this redemptive arc of like every curse that you're going to have to take on because of what you did in this, in this covenant that you broke all the things that are consequences of you being unholy and unclean in my presence. I'm going to redeem it all. I'm going to take every single bit of it perfectly. And it's such a beautiful thing to get to the Jesus side of it and go, I remember all of these stories that I've been reading through through the last 35 books, I think, that are literally thousands upon thousands of generations of God going, I made a promise here and I never once failed it. And I never once gave it up, even though they kept screwing up over and over and over again. They kept screwing up, but I never failed them, and I never gave up on them. I may have given them over to an enemy a time or two. I may have allowed them to be exiled from the country that I gave them, but I never gave up on them fully, and I was always there. And it's such this – it's this incredible, insane, revelatory thing where it's like, why would I not be on the edge of my seat? Because if I thought of my own life as like the low points that I have, if I could constantly go back and go, but I know the stories of when God never failed me. 
And I know the the Ebenezers that I raised for the times that God fulfilled promises. And I remember the times that I prayed for exactly where I am right now. It will completely change the way that you look at the daily thing. And it's such a beautiful thing that when you're going through Leviticus, you go, what an incredible thing that there is a holy God set apart from humanity and through all of this because of their fall and their mistake and they ate from the wrong tree. This people, right, there still is a God that loves them wholeheartedly and never gave up in this thing and will redeem them fully through it. What a beautiful thing for me to remember. Like, I'm that same wary people that is running away from a God that's established a covenant for me, spitting in his face, putting up Asherah poles, uh, uh, worshiping the bales of my life, right? But God is willing to stand there and redeem it as long as you're willing to call him your king and your father and run to him as he's standing there with arms open, with a friggin' ring for you, and a coat to throw over you, and a fattened calf for you to eat. Yeah, like, what I mean, a beautiful thing. Yeah, but in defense of people who have trouble getting Leviticus, most of what you said is not in there. But what? <laughs> From the perspective, though, but like this but, is God separating his people and saying you will be known by the laws that you follow of mine because I'm not giving up on you. Oh, yeah. Even yeah. though you suck. Yeah, I'm t- I told you, I hear what you're saying. But if you start at Leviticus, you will miss the 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 uh, addition, like the contextual information that happens both before it and after it in Deuteronomy. <laughs> it may be an overstretch to say start Leviticus. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. don't skip over it. Okay, is, yeah. it, is it Deuteronomy where like God says here, Moses, here's what you're going to tell the people. And then it's like five paragraphs of what to tell the people. And then the next five paragraphs is, and what Moses you? said, and then they just yes. write it all the over. Thing. And that's, <laughs> that's not just Deuteronomy. That's all over the place. Like you get the retelling of the, of the law within Joshua as well. And like uh, people come down from mountains, then go up to mountains, then come down from mountains. And then there's caps that jump out of nowhere. Yeah. There's a lot of retelling of this. I wonder if Moses ever said, you know, God, maybe we can meet on the ground once. <laughs> I just, I'm tired of hauling up this mountain. No, all the time. <laughs> because everyone went running, screaming from that mountain where God was. It's yeah, the coolest. All right, yeah. you're you're listening live from the path. Thanks for hanging out with us so far, uh, Nathaniel. You doing all right over there? Yeah, I'm doing good. Okay, doing real good. I don't have any. I watch the audio meters, and yours does not move really. Yeah. I'm making sure you're alive. I was thinking about. I was thinking about. I was actually. I was taking in some pee wash this week. Uh, what? That's Paul. That's Paul Washer. Paul Washer. Yeah. <laughs> Nathaniel has been a Paul. Didn't he die? No, Paul Washer. He's been a Paul Washer man since he was like sixteen. Right, Fast and Furious. Uh, here's one. the thing. Here's the thing you need to know. Brian Spillner. Here's what you need to know about Nathaniel. He has not changed the preacher he listens to or the music he listens to <laughs> in approximately fifteen years. <laughs> All right, you took in the pee wash. Yeah, I took in the pee wash, and he was talking about uh, being devoted to prayer. Uh, and one of the things that he said uh, he brought up actually um, was. Jesus, who was God incarnate, uh, often slipped away to the wilderness to pray. Yeah. And uh, if we're trying to be Christians, you know, and look like Jesus, we should slip away often to prayer. And also he said, I thought this was uh, pithy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The pee wash being pithy, huh? (laughs) Yeah. I thought he had some pith and wit. Yeah. you know, often you know you, you slip away you you slip away to something that you like. You know, you slip away you you don't want to mow the lawn, right? So you slip away to a a I Cubs game. Yeah, okay, okay. Actually, I think I I keep having in my head I'm going to take a day off work sometime and play video games all day. Yeah, I have never You're once never thought gonna do it. I'm going to take a day off work and pray. <laughs> Dude, I okay. Yeah, I, I'm not holy and righteous, but I did actually think of that. I thought I really wanted to. 
uh, I felt like a jump start to go fast and pray in some sort of like secluded cabin, not because the cabin itself is righteous, but but like I just have such a hard time letting go of all the things that are around me that I thought like I legitimately I need to take three days off, give myself a travel day, a walking day, and then just like go 24, 36 hours of like nothing. I don't care how rustic this thing is. Just slip away and just give it a shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 God may be talking when you're distracted. But you're the one distracted. <laughs> yes, yes, that's what I thought. And like I, I like my my family loves the nature. I just I don't get as much out of it. And so I thought like it's not like I'm going to be uh, enamored with the glorious golden pecker that's outside the door or something like something that otherwise draws your attention in. <laughs> I need I need us to never say those words again. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Okay. Maybe woodpecker. <laughs> now, hold on, hold on. Just to just to bring this in something applicable, and, and plus the things we were talking about. Glorious golden pecker. There's just nothing. Uh, there's there, there's greatness in getting away from folks and yeah. like uh, yeah. spending time with God, right? But like you can do this at your lunch hour. Oh, totally. Yeah, you can. Totally. Like but you I, like you can do this. But in, you don't. You can, that's right. But you don't. That's yeah. the thing. It's like you can do this in minutes, not hours. It's not holy right. in the days. Uh, you know, like you, like what's what's Ben always say? You live your live your days like you live your hours, like you live your minutes. You know, yeah. and so like like where you feel like you have to go sit in the lunchroom with everybody else, or you have to go blankety blank to do this, or like you use your break to blankety blank, right? Just you can use it for that too. I, don't yeah. know, I think I think it's part of the Sabbath uh, rhythm, though, to to get away once in a while. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. hey, everybody, go to Jerusalem. Oh man, what a pain! And yeah, just just do it. Yeah. You know how many great conversations probably had on the walk to Jerusalem? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I see a blemish on that oxen. <laughs> so I, turn it around, brother. I heard they changed the temple tax ratio again. Yeah. Are you kidding me? What, so, kind of, uh, what kind of bird is that? A glorious golden pecker. <laughs> I'm like I'm like you though, Ben. I, I I used to think, yeah, yeah, go out in nature and sit by a lake or something, and then yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'll just go to the Marriott. It's much better. <laughs> yeah. Air conditioning, put throw a fan on me, turn off the lights, and just kind of relax. It's and good enough. Pray It'll work. And <laughs> the distractions of modern amenities aren't yes, a problem yeah, for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna own up here and i'm gonna i'm gonna submit this for for ridicule to all of you there was a time about eight years ago that i was in uh i was in san antonio for work and i drove down to galveston so that i could see the the gulf of mexico because i'd never seen it before and i brought my bible with me because i thought to myself like i'm on my own and i'm like on the beach of the gulf of mexico that's kind of cool and I thought to myself, wow, what an awesome opportunity for me to like just like set my phone down and listen to God and like listen to 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 see what he has to say to me. And like I'm a thousand miles away from home. There's nothing around me like this is such an opportunity. And so I get uh, sat down at this bench and like literally right in front of me is the Gulf of Mexico. And it's like this really cool thing. And I set my Bible down and I pulled open and I was like, Lord, just speak to me. And so I pulled open a psalm. And I read the psalm, and then I immediately set my phone in front of the Bible and took a photo of the Bible <laughs> and the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> and I immediately posted it to my Instagram, Look at to me. my Facebook, <laughs> and said, like, man, really getting some time in with God today down at the Gulf of Mexico. And within four minutes, I was 
Bible closed on my phone looking for a place to go to eat real quick. Uh-huh. And I really did just flat out set up the Instagram photo. And I mean, I, my Instagram still is around. So you can still go look and find a photo of I think there's a rock that I picked up and set in front of the the, the Bible mm-hmm. and then took an artsy photo where it's only a That's third awesome. of the of the picture is the Bible and the rest is just the ocean. And I'm like, God speaks in such beautiful ways. <laughs> that is not what we're talking okay. about right now. Move a Bible bomb. Yeah, straight up. Yeah. It was. I mean, it was all for for my glory. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I kept an, uh, a close eye on how many likes I got on that Instagram photo. And I was like, <laughs> how holy am I? Oh, like, wow. God really must be looking down like, that's my son today. Yeah. Rough so, times. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us on Life from the Path. Here's the question. Like, if, if let's say uh, if you're going to jump in, one, let this be an encouragement to you. Like, uh, jump in, commit to the thing, and then we want to hear back from you. And I, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to put a time limit on it. But like, let's go at least thirty days or something. I don't. I don't need your weekly check in or something. But like, like do the thing. Rob the casinos, man. Like they say, it can't be done. It's it can be done. Uh, and and commit to the to the prayer and to the reading of the Bible. It's from the Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, I used it earlier. Rob the casinos. Yeah. yeah. Like what yeah, well like, like shed your shed your old skin. You're starting over. This is what you this is what you want your life to look like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that was another thing I'd been thinking about. And I like whatever, I'm, I'm middle aged and so I started to think of things and I think to myself, Hey man, is this what I want? Is this working out? Is this what I want to be? And like how many of the things that are within my control uh, that aren't what, the way I want them to be. And I think, well, okay, well, I should probably start changing those. Like, they're not just going to change. I run my own shop. Uh, and so, like, I should probably start shifting those around. It's uh, I'm high past the time of which the society has a complete control over my existence. I have a lot of control over myself, and I'm probably not asserting it in places that I want to. And so uh, I feel like I probably should. You know how you should assert it is you can either decide to go to a weed shop or a modern day church. Ooh. But I how was, do you know which one to go to, Ben? I was wondering the same thing. Like, you know, is it woke or, or is it toke? Sometimes you can't tell the difference that easily. Let's see if we can. Okay, let's give it a shot. All right. On today's episode of Woke or Toke, fellas, number one, Midtown. Midtown. Nathaniel, Woke or Toke, Midtown. Ooh, reverse counterclockwise. This is messing with my mind. So what was the, what you just said? Far out, man. Oh, wait, that doesn't make any sense. That would be clockwise. <laughs> i got to spend more time with Jesus. <laughs> Tennessee Bird Walk. Midtown. Tennessee woke or toke? Woke. In for a woke. Dan, woke or toke? Midtown. Um, I'm going to go woke. Woke, okay. Yeah, woke, yeah. Woke. Toke. You're, we got three wokes and a toke? Come on. All right. C- c- come on. Come on. Midtown is a woke. Ah, woke. Mike's already minus 100. I feel good. My streak continues. Hey, just in case, so uh, just a reminder on the premise of the game here, uh, is that these these are names that Buva has found, and this is either a weed shop or a church name, and uh, the contention is, is that sometimes these are hard to discern, and uh, you take whatever implication you have from that, but we're going to see how good we are at picking out weed shops versus uh, woke churches here on uh, Life from the Path of Woke for Toke. Uh, brought to you by uh, Bob Eisler with the Eisler team. <laughs> Uh, the Bob Eisenhower Eisenhower team woke or twoke. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number two. City beat. Ooh. City beat. Dan. Is that woke or toke? Uh, City gonna, beat. Gonna, I just, I just, I'm feeling the vibe of a toke. Dan goes for a toke on City beat. Ben. City beat. I'm wide awoke. We got one toke, one woke. I'm Mike. In for, I'm in for the W. You're in for a woke. Nathaniel. Woke or toke. City beat. I'll also go toke. We got two tokes, two wokes. 
Gentlemen, City Beat is awoke. Yes. Uh, Nailed it. All right. That, I can't wait. They were so excited about the t-shirts when they named that church. They were pumped. <laughs> City Beat? Yeah. All right. The Joint Venture. <laughs> <laughs> the Joint Venture. Ben, woke or toke? Oh, man. I kind of want to go with the wild card answer, but I'm going to... I'm gonna stay safe. I'm gonna say that's the uh, that's a toke. That's a toke for Ben. Big Mike, T, big T, hit me. You're going toke with joint venture, Nathaniel. That I mean, that has to be toke. If it's woke, it has I'm, to be toke. I'm gonna be shocked. <laughs> so toke. Okay, Dan. The joint venture services at 137 and four. <laughs> but I'll go toke. Oh, is that four tokes and no wokes? Yeah, yeah. All right, gentlemen. The joint venture is a toke. Yeah, it is a toke. Whew. We haven't gone that far. That, really. that, I tell you what, that would blow up the game. If that was a woke, <laughs> I feel like all bets are off Truth. across the game. One love. Oh, no. One love. Where are we at, Mike? Oh, man. Woke or toke? That's one a, love. That's a tricky poodle, Mike. I'm going woke on that one. You're going woke on one love? Yeah. Nathaniel, one love. Yeah, I'll go. I'll I think go it's woke. a modest Yahoo song. <laughs> I'll go woke. You go woke? Okay. Dan, one love. I'm feeling a strong woke on this one. Feel a strong a woke. Strong one. A am, strong woke. All right, Ben. Both lastly, I got one st- love. Where you at? I got strong woked in the subway once, and I regretted it. But this is it. Every one of us regretted you saying that aloud in <laughs> in ha- the world where there's air, where we could all hear it. I'm having a hardcore uh, episode. <laughs> you so really are. I'm gonna stick with uh, woke. <laughs> okay. Is that? What, do we have That's any four woke? Four, four wokes four woke. on one love, gentlemen. That was a trick. It was both. Oh, I found that on two lists. <laughs> One love was both woke and toke. Wow. I had to throw a doozy in there. I'm sorry. One love is both woke and toke. All Mine. points all around. All right, I like next. it when I win and everyone wins too. <laughs> yes, indeed. Indeed entirely. All right. I think uh, everybody's saved, to be honest with you. Everybody's saved? Yeah, universal. We're going to shut off. It doesn't matter. Floor. I really think we He's should probably do that. Go. All right, Nathaniel. <laughs> The Lost Leaf. Oh. The Lost Leaf. Woke or toke? Toke. Nathaniel's in for toke on The Lost Leaf. Dan? I'll go toke. Toke. You're going to go toke? Yeah. Is that a heavy toke? That's, that's yeah. I mean, a leaf sounds pretty tokey. Right. Couldn't yeah. possibly be of the Lord. He didn't make leaves. Mm. Woke to- or toke, Ben? Uh, toke. Lost- toke, no additional commentary. Toke? Woke. Woke. Ooh, three tokes and a woke. Lost Leaf. Mike, going out on a limb. Fire it. That's a toke. Dang it. The Lost Leaf is a toke. I can't count on anybody these days. You really can't. All right, next. I think it's Dan this time. The change. The change. The change. Woke or toke? That's, uh, you said me, right? I'm I'm going to say woke. I did say you, yes. Ben, the change. Woke or toke? No additional commentary. Woke. Woke. Mike? Woke. Woke. Yeah, it's got that definite article, so woke. (laughs) It's got that definite article. (laughs) The change is... Woke. Yes. yes. Woke. Now, Nathaniel, what if it was like... The good doctor. The haze. <laughs> <laughs> the smells. Woke or toke? Uh, the, I would have to say... With the, the cafe. <laughs> the, ca- the cafe. That might be woke. That's possible to be woke or toke, actually. All right. Uh, we got uh, four more. All right, next. This one is to Ben, I believe. Okay. Lifted spirits. Lifted spirits. Is oh, that boy. woke or is that toke? Oh, a toke. I'm going toke. It's got to be toke. You can't. There's not more than one spirit. 
Hey, I might, Mike goes in for toke now, because there's not a plural of spirits. Now, hold on a minute, Mike. The kind of church that would name it Lifted Spirits may also not True. be bound by your there's only one spirit. Valid point. Is there a lead pastor with way too many bracelets and denim? Nathaniel. Woke. Yeah. Nathaniel goes in for woke on Lifted Spirits. Dan, bring us home. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going toke. Dan in for toke on Lifted Spirits. Lifted mm-hmm. Spirits, fellas. Is awoke. Oh no! Yeah. It's awoke. Ooh. Eat it, Mike. <laughs> there are more than one spirit. Come on, that's not right. Wait, and a guy it... named Colton, who is the main pastor there. <laughs> is it like a apostrophe? Yes. No, I should have asked. No, it's it's a pluralization, not hmm. a possessive. Okay. All right, three wait, more. Did, hold on, did you, wait, so slight clarification. Uh, this is a Christian church. Yes. Okay. Yes. I mean, it could maybe you're you know it's our spirits where our spirits are lifted when we go. Yeah, to church. our spirits are lifted in the in the joy of the Lord. It doesn't yeah, mean there's like demonic spirits. Colton loves <laughs> lifted spirits. Oh yeah, that's and a, bracelets. That's a good. It's focused on me yeah. and my lifting. <laughs> this seems good. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, are we to Mike now? Yes, I think so. Uh, Mike, high society. Oh come on. High society <laughs> is that woke or toke? toke? Ooh, that's he's going straight in on that one. Nathaniel, high society, woke or toke? Toke. Dan, I'm high toke. society. Token. Toke? Toke. Ben, you want to be the wild card? Or are you going toke? You nope. going safe? Toke. Toke. High safe. society. That is a toke. Yeah. Okay. All right, two more. The new tribe. The new tribe called Quest. Nathaniel, the new tribe. Woke or toke? Woke. Woke? Dan? Yeah, it's, it's, it's woke. All, got two all wokes. Cool, cool guys use the tribe word now. Ben, woke, oh, toke. I, I trust, uh, I trust, uh, well, the, the cool guys now is a decade old, Dan? Uh, yeah, it is, yeah. It's, it's kind of, it should be past it, but. They the new tribe. Uh, I woke trust, or toke? Uh, Dan subscribes to the magazine, so I trust him. That's a uh, woke. <laughs> Three wokes. Mike, the new tribe. Toke. Mike's in for a toke. Come on. The new tribe is woke. <sighs> All right, the last one. The left-hander. The Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> the Emperor's New Groove. Nathaniel, I believe that's you. Is that woke or toke? The Emperor's New Groove. I, th- I think. And I might be going out on a limb on this one. but Possibly. I think it might be toke. <sighs> going in for a toke. Dan, yeah. the Emperor's New Groove. I Dan, do you know what point. that means? Uh, the groove? Yeah. <laughs> I know the groove. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the groove sounds like one, too. <laughs> the chicks say I'm groovy. I'm going to uh, go with that's a toke. That's a toke. All right, Ben. The Emperor's new groove. Yeah, toke, yep. Toke. All right, that's four in for toke. You're correct. Toke. The Emperor's new groove. Ooh. I saw that, and I was like, it's an obvious one, but there's no way I'm not grabbing onto yeah, that one. Just throwing it on. The Emperor's new groove. That's All right. A- yeah. You've been listening to the Bob Eisenhower, Eisenhower team brought to you by them, Woke or Toke. All right, hey, uh, if you want to hear, uh, check out the past game. This is that was uh, number two uh, version of Woker Toke, and uh, you can catch the uh, number one, uh, the inaugural Woker Toke. Uh, I want to say within an episode, within the last I don't know six eight weeks or so. Yeah. So go ahead and hit that up uh, and see how good you are at picking out the difference between Christ our Redeemer and Ben the Lifted <laughs> for your favorite church name, <laughs> Ben the Lifted. All right, we got time for one. We got time for one. Dear life from the path. I need an attitude adjustment. Mm. My sporty, outdoorsy, type A daughter, who is in her 30s, dates men who are typically wussy, milk toast, <laughs> dead fish, handshake individuals. <laughs> wow. She's respectful toward them and doesn't bully them, nor does she mother them, try to change them to improve them. But she should. How can I be less critical of her choices, and how do I respond tactfully when she asks me for my impression of her boyfriend's? 
They're wussy, milk toast, <laughs> dead fish handshake individuals. <laughs> uh-huh. What is milk toast? Bland. Yeah. Milk, milk, milk toast is uh, back in the day, you'd put toast and you'd put it, warm milk over it and some little sugar. So it's like really wimpy. Cinnamon toast crunch. Think of no flavor. Soaked in milk. Yeah, yeah. So like, it, yeah, no firmness at all. Yeah, right. Soggy. It, yeah, soggy. It doesn't sound half good. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's about a fourth good. Uh, I mean, I appreciate that the daughter is asking for an impression. Like, hey, what do you think of Clarence? I mean, is there any, is there any possibility this the mom runs a women's prison or something? Like... <laughs> Does she look at everybody and go, you know, like every every man is weak because she's like, a, she, she's big enough? She, she goes by Thunderella and she's a roller derby gal and she doesn't think anybody could be possibly. Uh, do you think this is coming from the mom or dad? It doesn't really say. Oh. Oh. I was assuming the mom. I assume I, the mom too. That's way to check our, uh, our yeah, woke idea. Yeah, yeah. Dad would be more offended about that probably. I'd be like if my daughters were just going after the wimpy boys, I'd be like, really? I mean... That dead fish handshake, that's terrible. Yeah. That does sound like a dad move or a mom who runs a state penitentiary. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Now, if the opening description, though, was like, what was... She is athletic? The, the girl's athletic? Yeah, the daughter is athletic. Type A, type a personality, go-getter kind of gal. Yeah. And she dates dead fish. Like when you go to shake a dude's hand and it feels like you just caressed each other opposed to actually, <laughs> I, you know what I'm saying? That's, I mean, that's true. Uh, it just feels awkward. You're like, hey, but grab it, grab it, shake yeah. it. <laughs> I will grab it again and say, man, I'm really sorry. I squeezed too soon. Do not isolate the audio from the last 20 seconds. <laughs> All I'm saying is like, I've had, I've shaken hands with a lot of people in my day and like, I never remember a guy with a firm handshake. But people who goldfish me, I certainly remember hey, that. Hey, man, the argument could be made that you should do that then to be more memorable. Yeah. What, give them to goldfish? Yeah. You don't want to be remembered like that. <laughs> I remember your hands. Yeah. Gross. I, yeah. That guy gave me the, gave me the, the trout. I, I mean, don't okay. Yeah. Your, your daughter is asking your impression. Uh, I don't think you need to go, like, haul in and call the dude a milk toast. But, like, you can be honest and not a schmuck. Like, you could be a human being and be fine in that. I mean, could you make a joke? How close are you to your kids? You know, you'd be like, man, he's got, he's got a handshake like a spaghetti noodle. I mean, I don't know. Does that? Get, yeah, I might, I might. I think it's totally reasonable to say, hey, it's interesting. Like, uh, this does not seem like a very assertive or confident individual. Uh, what do you see in him? Uh, that, yes, that's what I was going to say is ask guiding questions. We know how to talk to people, and especially your kids. Like, you don't, they're not going to take in very well that you, like, just... I mean, freaking give them the beats nah. and yell at them and stuff like that. To be but go fair, like, though, what do you see in them? Like, wh- how'd you meet? What do you What do you think about them? Those and are have better them- questions. Because, like, you raised a outdoorsy, assertive, uh, you know, type A daughter, and so like maybe you just thought like this is how kids should be, and like you know, like opposites will attract to each other, and like there ain't room for two type A fighters in there. It gets rough, right? And so like I don't know how you could have a. A relationship going forward with two very assertive people, like it's just going to be hard. Mm-hmm. You know, my it's interesting to me because my nana, my dad's mom, was a very outspoken, loud, like very strong in her ways woman. Right? Like she just she's a world traveler. Like she was a very, very like strong woman, and she dated the most like 
wet fish, wet noodle kind of dudes on the planet. Like, every dude she brought around were just punks. Like, ridiculous. Had no backbone whatsoever. Had, like, no personality at all. Were just weird fellas. And she loved it because she had no competition in the relationship. And she was never, like, pushed to be anything she didn't want to be because she was essentially with Play-Doh. Like, that was it. And she loved it. Like, that was her favorite thing on the planet. After my grandfather, who I believe was not that way at all. Like, I think my grandfather was a very hard-headed, you know, heavy-minded fella. And so there may be a certain level of she's dating, you know, the, the, the limp fish, limp noodle dudes because, like, she's a very assertive person and she'd like to be the, the, the dominator in that relationship, the, the domineering personality. So yeah, maybe I, that's just her preference. I think the thing is, is, like, where I could probably make some caveats for their personality and someone being a little bit more driven, I think that's all okay. Um, but, like, you do need to be supportive under strength right like not supportive under weakness yeah and so like that's that's probably not healthy uh, in the long run and so like if you wanted to speak to your daughter in that way just i mean if let's say like i'm hoping that you're coming from a marriage that's been successful like that you're still together and like you've known some ins and outs and and how to coexist with a person for x number of years and so like there's nothing wrong with giving your kids some advice that like this is where i think you're gonna butt heads so like if you want to continue down this path i think that's okay but just know that, like, you know, at some point you're going to want some support. Like, the leaders all also needs to be supported, too. And you're going you're gonna to want that as you get older, as you take on responsibilities and, and all kinds of other things. You're not going to want to be in this by yourself and have to be, you know, keeping track of this, of this fella. So, I mean, I think there's a, there's a good opportunity to, like, give some wisdom, but you don't have to be, like, a judgmental jerk about it, I don't think. Yeah, I, right. I, I, though I, I think that is a solid point that you need to, when you consider how you choose from a marriage perspective, like, you should, does this does this person help me be better, or do they simply let me be? Because, like, yeah. if you're a dominating, aggressive person, and this person is willing to just, li- like, lie down and let you, oh, well, well, like, this person's aggressive, so they get to run the relationship, then, like the the quality of your relationship is limited by you and that's a fail like yeah. that, that that's the wrong way to think about it and so it's i think it is possible this is where it's funny because sometimes uh like you common interest is what carries a relationship sometimes people with completely different interests have awesome relationships because they complement each other both can be true there's not a hard and firm line that one has to be better than the other and so you can't just go oh well like i'm type a the this man friend is not type a and so we have a problem it could actually be a good compliment Mm -hmm. uh it it really comes down to the, the next level set of details is like does this person enrich you do you enrich him like uh, are are do you um or are you just kind of beating up on him <laughs> because he yeah. can't defend himself Dating against you? Up. Yeah. Secular says, tell your daughter she doesn't need your endorsement, and that if any of her suitors make her happy, you are happy for her. Then bite your tongue. No, that's bad parenting. <laughs> no, no, nah, we're not going to do that. Like that's just lazy. <laughs> that's lazy parenting. Like I, if if you see a roadblock, I, this gets hard because like sometimes you bring your own stuff into it. And then you're like basically poo-pooing on other people's relationship based on your own lens. And so you need to be mindful that you're not doing that. But like, I mean, like if, if I saw my kid walking for a big hole, I'd be like, there's a hole. So either prepare to be in it yeah. or go around it. But, <laughs> but I really like this hole, Dad. I chose it. Yeah. I mean, that's I, that's probably got to be harder. Like when as your kids ladder, get older, let me know. <laughs> like as when your kids are younger, you just pick them up and move them out of the hole. But like as they get older, sometimes you got to watch them fall in it. Like you can say there's a hole, and if they're like, that's where I want to be, you go, okay. You know, 
Okay. <laughs> you know, like that's that's hard to do as your kids get older. I totally get that. But like, there's no reason not to give good advice to your children. Yeah. I think that goes back to an example that Dan had provided previously around, um, you know, like ultimately you have to be willing to accept and support your children's decisions. But it doesn't mean that you don't have the initial, here's some things to consider. Do you really want to be in a hole? Are you sure living in a hole is the way to go? Here's some things you should think about. So without asserting yourself over them and feeling like you're trying to live their life for them, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you can't provide a commentary because you love them and in a loving way to help them make right decisions. Yeah, you've been further down the road than they are. Yeah. So here's here's what I've learned in life. Take it or leave it. But, you know. And they'd yeah. be foolish not to listen to that. Yeah. yeah. And actually, yeah. I've, I've run into this a little bit, like even with my own kids, like where you give them, you know, parameters or like they screw something up or you're like, hey, you need to make a choice here. Uh, what do you want to do? And like they've said, will you just tell me the right thing to do? Like not everything has to be a less like just tell me so I don't screw it up. I don't want to like make this decision on my own. So like, <laughs> you know, like there is there. I think kids at a certain aspect uh, we'll we'll ask for your advice if they're if she's asking for your opinion. I think you should give it to her mm-hmm. and like be honest about it and in a loving way. But like sometimes they really are asking for your opinion. It's not just a formality. If I don't want to know what my dad has to say on a subject, I just don't ask him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so like, but if I want his opinion, I will ask him. All right. Hey, well, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. We very much appreciate it. Uh, if you've got any feedback for us on the show, use that complaint line, uh, 515-517-0085. Call or text. We'd love to be able to hear from you. You can also use an email if you're that kind of Luddite. Uh, it's info at livefromthepath.org. Uh, so go ahead and shoot us a, what, what, a giffy. <laughs> Send us a giffy. <laughs> you, know you know what would be a good name for a, for a woke or for a woke or toke church would be when the roll is called up yonder. We should end the show. Yeah, we should. We should just end the show. Yeah, that's a good one, Mike. Speak more. Five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. If you want to tell us how rough that was, yeah. edible or credible? Come on. Edible. <laughs> All right, you've been listening live from the path. We will see you when we see you. In the meantime, be faithful. In the means God will handle the ends. You've been listening to live from the path.